Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the United District Podcast. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Simon Peach, Chief Football Writer for PA Media, who was at the game. Between United and West Ham tonight at the time of recording, Simon, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. It's uh, great to have you on, quite a lot of stuff to tackle. I'm sure you've been a busy man as of recent and obviously I believe you're still at Old Trafford now, I think I'm right in saying you've just seen United um, play against West Ham um, and lots of tackle as I say. It's been an interesting one. Um, what were your general thoughts on United's performance first of all? Because as a United fan I think we're all a little bit disappointed perhaps, a little bit unmotivated, a little bit sloppy. Would you Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a thrill a minute ride, was it? No. <laughs> um, it was pretty drab if I'm honest mm. um, we were saying that in the press box and then I had to remind someone that we've got <laughs> the only other game that's going to be left here is Lask at home which is going to be I'm sure an even more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. depressing occasion um, but no I, I just I, I feel that United have just tired off a little bit I think that's basically what it's down to I think Oli was and I've spoken to other managers in the division and it tends to be the ones that are doing well have stuck with the same side where they can. Mm. But with with United fighting on so many different fronts, I do think they perhaps overdid it with the, those five league games in a row when they stuck with the same lineup. I thought that would hurt them against Southampton, um, and it did. Mm. Uh, and I feel like they could have perhaps changed it a little bit earlier tonight. I think they all looked tired. Bruno Fernandes probably had his most underwhelming game, which... It's annoying for me having captained him in my fantasy team. Mm. So that's <laughs> I'm sure I'm not alone. But no, I just... Uh, we spoke to Ollie afterwards and he, he made the point. I, I asked him the first question at the press conference and just on his thoughts. And it, it, it basically, he made the point that it basically gives him the same starting point as a 1-0 win or a 2-0 win would have in terms of mm. United just need a positive result. If they won 4 or 5-0, then I think it was over. But yeah. they didn't. So... It's it, there's a feeling of disappointment and what could have been, but realistically, it hasn't really changed what's going to happen on Sunday or mm. what is needed. Yeah. What did you think about his rotation against Chelsea? I know a lot of people have been critical of the the team he selected there, and obviously we we changed things, we brought players on, and sort of you know players ended up who were meant to be getting rested ended up playing about the same amount they would have if they would have started, and obviously that's now hindered us with with the league as well. Lots of sort of you know. Flack being thrown in for that. Do you agree that perhaps the Chelsea selection was wrong and that other things should have been prioritised? Do you think that semi-final could have been prioritised more? Um, it's easy to be wise after the point, but my initial reaction when I saw the starting lineup, actually I saw a colleague of mine do it and I genuinely thought he might have been sold a pup but it was an old team sheet mm. that he'd, taken a fo- he'd been sent a photo of because I thought that just looks like a starting lineup from the start of the season. They do it. Obviously, yeah. with Bruno, and it, it couldn't have been. But uh, my first reaction was that's that's going back to what hadn't really worked. Mm. Um, and I know it was a very similar lineup to what had beat Chelsea uh, in the cup, I think it was. But I don't know. I, I think he made a mistake not starting Romero, not because of the errors he's made, but mm. you've got probably the best backup goalkeeper in the world, um, and you need to keep him happy. And I, from what I'm, I can tell, I don't think he's over the moon with that decision. Yeah. Uh, especially when you look at Wood Cavalera and the other goal. Um, so I think that was an error. Obviously, David made some bad mistakes that game. And then, yeah, you, the other selections were a little bit... I think it's underlined perhaps the lack of strength and depth or perhaps just how rusty the players are that haven't got those minutes because a lot of them haven't played properly for four or five months now. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Going back to tonight, there was quite a lot of... Um, Do we have to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back tonight against West Ham, there's a lot of controversy surrounding... Well, I say it's controversy. I th- I've got to say I think it was a penalty. The pop, the Pogba, uh, the Pogba handball. You know, I've seen some people arguing that it's a natural human response. Do you have any thoughts either way on whether that should have been a, a penalty or not? It is a natural human response, mm. but it's also handball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I think that I think that's the thing that people need to remember. I thought it was a little bit over the top, Gary Neville calling it um, embarrassing, and uh, that's rubbish. But I mean, as you said, if someone's whacking a ball to you that speed. You, your, your brain doesn't have time to react and think, hold on, where's my feet? Am I inside the box? Oh, I shouldn't do this. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it would. Mason got him out of jail, though, didn't he? Really, at the end of the day. Yeah. He's, he's, come, up, he's come up trumps in so many of these games now. Mm. Um, he's, he's such a great, so fun to watch mm. um, as, as an England fan and someone who, who hopes Manchester United do well because I spend so much time watching, watching the club. So, Again, it's just that feeling, isn't it, tonight that it's what could have been, but realistically, they're they're in as as good as good a position as you could have. Well, you would have snapped their hands off a few months ago, wouldn't you? Yeah, if you were given this. Yeah, for sure. I think the only argument, as you say, you know, if we won by a few more, you know, by by a few, I say by a few more, we didn't even win the game, did we? <laughs> by by a few goals, yeah. um, you know, as you say, that's when things would have changed. I think that's when you know we'd have put us up, put ourselves in a much better position. But obviously, we haven't done that. You know, the Southampton. I know you're a Southampton fan. I know that. Point. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's why Leicester's goal difference is so good as well. So double bubble. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, but I mean, look, we're recording this during the second half of the the Liverpool Chelsea game. It, unless there's something miraculous happened. Yeah. United are going to go into the final weekend of the season in third. Mm. That's brilliant. That is. This hasn't been a a uh, superb season by any stretch of the imagination um, across the Premier League, uh, given the points tallies and where United could end with realistically mm. with sixty four points, they could finish third. Um, but considering where they were, I think it's really impressive, and that shouldn't be shouldn't be forgotten. Mm. Obviously, we've been on a very good run of form as well, pre-lockdown. And then, obviously, since the restart, we'd, we'd started extremely well. We've only recently sort of dropped off. What do you think of the, the sort of recent drop-off? Do you think it's as simple as being burnt out? And is that is that an acceptable excuse from a Manchester United side, do you think? I think, it's ex- I think it is acceptable, yeah. Um, Ollie's and his coaching staff have focused a lot on getting the players fit this season because of the demands that are on them in the style that he wants to play. But when you have that lag in in time to prepare and stay on top of your fitness for for game levels, it is natural. As we were saying earlier, I just do. I think he made he stuck with that lineup too long, mm. really, um, and I think that has bit them on the backside. But realistically, it's cost them a place in the cup final, but it shouldn't cost them a top four place, which I think the money men would be would be happy with at the club. Mm. Do you think that's a bit of a problem? The sort of the attitude now. I know a lot of people have an opinion one way or another. You know, the the, the value of I've been t- talking on previous podcasts as well about this. The, the value of the FA Cup and the League Cup compared to top four. Do you think? What, what do you do? You have any stance on the sort of the lowering of? The yeah, sort of value well, of I think it's I think it's really sad. I think it's mm. natural. I think yeah. it's natural for every club. Whether I remember as we discussed just a second ago, I'm a Southampton fan, and we were in the cup final. Uh, sorry, the cup semi-final against Chelsea a few years ago. Mm. Um, but even though we had that, 
we were our main focus was on beating the drop. That was as a supporter and as players, that was the main focus. It was just a nicer side. I don't think it was quite a nicer side at United to reach a semi-final because it's a club synonymous with silverware and winning. Mm. But at the same time, I think if you if you can reach a final of the Europa League or go all the way on that and get top four, then I think it's been a really good season. And the near misses in the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, will kind of be forgotten. Mm. Moving on to a sort of more general question, because to be honest, there wasn't much that went on, as we've already alluded to, in that United-West Ham game, really, to, to talk about. What do you think of United's season as a whole? It's been a mixed one, as we've already sort of spoken about, to say the least. And I'm aware, you know, with one game left to play, it is quite hard to um, quite hard to judge. But uh, what do you think of Solskjaer's first sort of full season as, as permanent manager? Um, well, it feels like it's been going on forever, mm. uh, because it has, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but I think he, the one thing, the one question I had about Solskjaer after when he was given the full-time job is how he's how he would react to a setback or a string of bad results because he didn't have that during the interim run. Um, and when he did, things started to go awry. This when he got that permanent contract. Obviously, we now last season ended, and I was worried when United kind of stuttered. To, basically, they beat Chelsea. And then they played well in one half against Wolves. And then we didn't really see a good performance from them again until about October. Yeah. So I was concerned. Um, and obviously with Mauricio Pochettino in the background, um, it, it raised the pressure. And it, it has been topsy-turvy. There have been awkward moments. But I think it it would be wise. If, let, let's, let's assume United will get the Champions League because they should do this but in this point now. Mm. Um the way he's brought on the young talent. I mean, Brandon Williams wasn't... This time last year, I was with United on their tour of Asia and Australia. Brandon Williams wasn't even in that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and look how he, look how he's come on, how he's been brought on. Um, Mason Greenwood, I think he's been absolutely superb with him. When we were with him in Singapore last year, he spoke about... He was asked whether he would go on loan. Um, and the answer was <laughs> definitely not. It's going to be like how Sir Alex brought through Ryan Giggs, which was interesting at the time. And I think it has been a bit like that. Mm. He's kind of kept him away from the media, put him in at the right times. I think the Europa League has been beneficial uh, to give him that chance to, to get used to regular men's football. Uh, I think that's a real positive. I I do think there's more positives than negatives. Bruno Fernandes has been a joy to behold Mm. apart from tonight. It's got his head. Um, But look, it's been far from perfect. It's, you're way off Liverpool and City still, but you're going in the right direction. And this this is shaping up to be a pretty decent transitional season. Mm. No, it's yeah, it's good to good to hear you you think so from a sort of you know from a different sort of perspective um, outside of our sort of bubble because I know our fans can um, at both extremes to be honest, can get a bit carried away and can also be a, a bit pejorative when um. When well, well, well it's the same with the media though. We're, we're mm. guilty of it as well. One second you're you're the best thing in the world and the next thing you're not. So it isn't as easy or as straightforward as that. I think it is hard to keep perspective in in an era of social media and everything where everything's, there's a hot take on everything. Mm. If you look at it over the broad, I try and keep a broad view of it and it's easier said than done because I don't always do that with Southampton. But when I am as a neutral, I try and look at the whole and you're starting to make good signings again. You, You look like you have a structure and a plan there's it's it's not gonna Rome wasn't built in a day obviously Mm. um that saying is overused but (laughs) with United 
They've not had a. I know you finished second under Jose, but you've not had a sustained proper <clears throat> Premier League title bid since Alex Ferguson retired. Mm. Um, so you were having to build and go up and up and up. <clears throat> so I think it's. I think you're well placed. I think you you've got some work to do still, but I mean it's it's something to be positive about. Mm. Just quickly, I wanted to ask you about David Moyes' comments before the game. He, um, <laughs> you know, slight little jabs at the head of the Manchester United board, perhaps, um, for not giving him much time. What do you think about those comments? I'm sure you know the ones I'm referring to. What do you think about those comments? Do you think he had a point? Because to be fair, I think, I think, um, I think personally, I think he had a point. To be fair, um, he did have a point, uh, but at the same time, he can't. He took over a side that had just won the league. Mm. So it, it, it's not like he came in where Ollie came in and had, they'd stayed about that level. He, he'd taken over a side. Admittedly, they, there was some transition needed there, but they had just won the league and he couldn't qualify for the for the Champions League. I don't. Perhaps he could have been given more time and, and the way this club's built is... In, in the last 30 years is about giving people time and, and trusting them and it does feel like they're doing that with Solskjaer but he didn't produce the results this is also a re- results club so yeah it, it's a hard one so uh, from people that I've spoken to that worked around the club in that era there's not many people that miss him so maybe that's part of it as well mm, yeah Fair enough. Uh, going back on to, I know I'm, jump, I'm jumping around a bit here, but going back on to a player we were just, just speaking about, Mason Greenwood, shocked mm. everyone with his sort of quality, as you say, a player that you enjoy watching, and I'm sure um, all United fans do as well, you know, both footed, looking just like a, a great, really pretty well polished for his age as well, uh, talent. Do you think he, he's in, as an England fan, do you think he's he's got to be at the back of Gareth Southgate's mind, isn't he, alongside sort of Phil Foden as well? Yeah, so I've got one of these weird jobs where I also cover England. So yeah. I've got, and I used to cover the under twenty ones with Southgate was there. So I've got a, they, I'd like to think a fairly good understanding of what he wants and right. his philosophy and and his his way. I, the only way I can't see Mason being called up for the September fixtures. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be fixtures in September <laughs> the Nations League. Um, uh, is because of the Europa League and whether. They're, they're going to take a longer term view and giving players time off Manchester United players and, and Wolves players uh, not that there isn't any Wolves players are there I'm, I'm getting muddled mm. but yeah in terms of Manchester United players they would probably get extra time off and, and Man City because there's just not going to be any rest time otherwise with mm. the Premier League restarting mid-September um, but he will be in his thoughts 100% I think I've heard him name dropping before um, when talking about stuff uh, he has he has pressed the reset button at every opportunity in terms of refreshing and putting in young blood, even if it is a bit of a eye-catching eye, eye decision. I mean, Carl Walker being gone straight out. Yeah. I mean, Wan-Bissaka has got to be close to getting in. I know he was in uh, the first squad after moving to United and had to pull out, I think it was with a back injury. Mm. So Southgate will be keeping a keen eye uh, on everything. He was at Wembley uh, the other day for the semi-final, but I don't think he'll be reading much into one performance. He's uh, he's a special talent. I mean, I I I enjoy uh, watching the UEFA Youth League when I go around covering yeah, yeah. United and Mason Greenwood at that level. There was only one other player that made me go bloody hell. This mm. this kid, and that was Joao Felix. So I look yeah, quite yeah. smart now because <laughs> obviously he went he went off some ridiculous money about a year and a half later. Um, but the same with Mason. Mason's the only other player that I've gone wow. 
this this kid is something special. Uh, but it's that's one thing being like that at that level and quite another to to be able to take that step up. And I think he's been brilliant. Mm. Another question for you here. I know this is a bit of a broad and a bit of a general one. A question that's been asked for well, how long? How long is it now? Seven years since Fergie left. Really, what is it? When are you think... going to sign a right-sided player? <laughs> well, that was that was after this one. Actually, I was going to ask you that in a minute. But okay. first of all, um, what, what do you think United need for a title challenge? Where 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 do the problems lie? Do you think it's the squad? Do you think is Solskjaer the right man? I know that's a tough question as well. But but where do you think you know? Where do you think we need to improve? Um. Wow. So I think Solskjaer is the right man um, mm. at the moment. I think if he was to go in, Mauricio Pochettino would also do a very, very good job. Somebody that I covered during my time covering Tottenham and Southampton. Mm. Um, he is another one that has a lot of focus on youth and he's obviously on the market. So I'd like to see him here one day. But for, for right now, I think Solskjaer is the right guy. Um, in terms of the squad, you've got an interesting decision to make a goalkeeper. Uh, obviously Dean Henderson has been fantastic but it is another thing stepping up and playing for Sheff- uh, uh, from Sheffield United to Manchester United look how Ben Foster struggled um, when he came here it is a big jump I think Luke Shaw has been appreciated more now he's been out of the last few games mm. for what he does I think he gets unnecessary flack um, and I'm not really sure why yeah. I think Aaron Wan-Pasaka, I think basically I think you, you, you've got good right and left back starters think you need more pace at centre-back um I, Lindelof goes hot and cold um yeah, yeah. I think he's cold at the moment I mean he got pretty lucky in the first half today mm. I think it was Antonio that came in charging behind him in De Gea and the header went straight to De Gea but I was thinking that where's your alertness um I think Maguire is going to be good but will improve in his second season your midfield you considering in December people were saying well, you've got no midfield options now you seem to have quite a few mm. so I think I think that's quite good in the centre of the park I, I'm, I've said for, ever since I covered the club my first game was Marcus Rashford's debut against Michelin so it's quite easy to remember yeah. but I was always wondered why you don't have a right-sided why you've not signed a right-sided attacker like, uh, mm. like an elite right-sided yeah, attacker yeah. I think Mason's filling in well there I know it's kind of a mishmash of a the forward line just completely moves around mm. um, but I think that is an area that is has been a priority in my opinion since I've covered the club but what do I know um, <laughs> I think centre forward obviously Marcus can play there um, but I would like to see another centre forward there I know Odion is there but he is very much a backup you would rarely start him unless it's a cut game so mm. an elite centre forward uh, an elite right-sided attacker and, and an elite centre-back. But that's easier said than done in this market because it is an absolute cluster. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, moving on to the transfer window, I don't want to get bogged down in names. I think, you know, we've had so many podcasts where we've talked about various players. I think you, all the listeners know who we're linked with and uh, what might be happening. And it's tough to predict that. But you know, there's been a lot of talk about the sort of financial situation. Obviously, we don't know if we've got top four yet, which is obviously a big... Uh, a bit big sort of effector of that. How do you see the window playing out for United with regards to sort of how much money will be spent and how many sort of players will be signed? I think, well, I know mm. the Champions League will have a big impact on that figure. There isn't going to be, I can't give you a war chest figure. Yeah, I like yeah. the phrase war chest, but <laughs> I can't give you a, a number to go with it because quite frankly, I, I I'm not sure the club knows exactly where they are um, on that sense. 
I think also what is not really been focused on, but is it worth bearing in mind is uh, Boris Johnson announced that in October fans can start making us in theory, a, a phased return to stadiums, mm. but what the details of that aren't clear to the clubs yet. So is that whether if it's two meter social distancing within grounds, one meter plus or one meter, that affects a lot of the finance of the money that comes in yeah. and what you can achieve within a stadium. So, there's that side of it. There's these kind of unclear aspects that we'll need sorting out. I think with United in terms of, obviously, Jaden Sancho is a player that's of interest. Um, mm. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Who? Who? Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a case of money because Borussia Dortmund can say what they want, but they have to be realistic in this market and, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. I imagine it's going to that that story is going to run and run a bit more mm. uh, between the end of the season once United know where they're at and uh, and the Europa League starting. Because I heard a report today. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it might have been Rafa Honigstein on a podcast saying that Dortmund will want to get it sorted by August the tenth, which is when their pre-season kind of gets underway. So that would make sense and that is a period of time in which I think United should try and strike mm. if they're going to get that deal done but it's easier said than done if Dortmund are saying this 120 million euro that I've seen quoted in other places then I'm, I just don't see how Man United can afford that or mm. anyone realistically in this market because coronavirus has had such a crushing impact on clubs finances mm. Moving away for United before we before we go off, I'd just like to ask quickly. Roy spoke that you're a Southampton fan. Have you been satisfied with uh, with your season and uh, the performances under Ralph Hasenhutl? Well, maybe not the whole season. Mm. <laughs> there, there was a few dark moments, mm. as you may be aware. Um, no, I, it's uh, it's look as a Southampton fan, you know you're going to lose your best players. Um, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah, uh, but the trade-off is is that you get to enjoy your football when you go. Mm. And that's been far too scarce since Ronald Koeman left. Um, and po- Adkins, Pochettino, Koeman, and then it just got... I know Saints got to the EFL Cup final and were robbed by Man United uh, <laughs> under Claude Puel, but it wasn't entertaining. Um, yeah. I mean, that, And a lot of people said, oh, you're spoiled, this and that. Well, look what happened at Leicester. Exactly the same. It's just not... It's not what the fans kind of wanted to buy into whereas Ralph Hasnettle is a person what I think of as a personality manager in a kind of Klopp mould where mm. people warm to him um, but also that he, he has a philosophy that people buy into and he has a that that 9-0 has actually proved a blessing uh, in disguise really because having spoken to the chief executive and people around the club they that was the moment they went right this transitional period is we're not going to try and phase it now. We're just mm. going to do it. So a lot of players just went, right, you're not for me. You're not going to fit my system. You're not buying into my yeah. philosophy, blah, 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 go. Uh, and look at the benefits. Saints are now going to finish 11th or 12th by lots of things, um, considering they were on eight points after that 9-0 loss to Leicester, I think it was, at the end of October. Mm. That's pre- it's pretty damn impressive. Um, so, yeah, it's... I'm hopeful of a of a positive season next season, but um, I think some smart business will have to be done mm. at, at the back to do that. Yeah, a season of two halves for both United and Southampton, really, I think it's fair to say. Simon, it's been yeah. a pleasure. I'll let you get off because obviously it's been a busy day for you. I'm not sure if you had any last, uh, last words for the listeners. 
No, just uh, good luck <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Thanks. Because, uh, we'll as need much it. as I enjoyed Kazakhstan, and I don't really want to go back uh, anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. So yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm hoping United do it. I'll be out in Cologne, and it's just a shame that the fans won't be because, yeah, they get everywhere. Mm. Simon, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Take care.